Welcome to my podcast, let's go! I'm all about doing what I wanna do And living life to the fullest Every day, me and my team We're on a mission to help you achieve all of your dreams Welcome to my first investment property podcast Where we talk about our experience gained, wisdom learned And the lessons learned throughout the process of real estate investment and development I'm Edwin Carrion, the creator of my first investment property podcast Stay on after the show And I'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest growing podcasts in our industry. With that being said, let's get started. Hey, welcome back to my first uh, investment real estate property. I've got joining me in studio today, Ben Dow. Super excited to have you here and uh, looking forward to hearing your story and how you have built a successful real estate business. Good to be on, Doug. So tell us a little bit of your backstory. I mean, um, you know, uh, real estate's um, a hot topic. It seems like uh, people for years and years and years have looked to real estate as a way to to make money. Um, how did you get yourself started? Well, it, it starts back um, when I was a kid. Uh, my, my mom was a single mom and she was living check to check. And I just saw her struggle every day and working two different jobs. So I said, I'm gonna be successful. I have to be successful. One day I'm gonna take care of my mom. And that's what drove me. And there was just no option for failure. I have to be successful. That's so cool. <laughs> I, I looked it up, what, what do successful people do? And my mom said, most people own their own business. Yeah. What, what's a good business to own? Um, did a bunch of research. Most millionaires own real estate. So I made the decision at 18 years old that I am going to be a full-time real estate investor. And I didn't really know what that meant, Yeah, but that, I had that cool. in my mind. Yeah. I had that in my mind ever since 18 years old. So just kept seeking people out. I, I did Carlton sheets, no money down CDs. That was the first thing and just reading books on different things. And that's what got me in the game. And I said, I have to buy a property. At 23, I was able to buy my first property, though I only had it for a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, and it kind of went on from there. But that was the motivating factor. So how long have you been in the game then? So I've been in the game for over 15 years now. Okay. 15 years. So I'm Can sure you... Sure, you've learned lots. You've seen lots of stuff that works and lots of stuff that doesn't. So, why don't you walk us through some of the stuff that you've done that has worked for you? So, I started out buying, I was from the Bay Area and I bought my first property in Sacramento and my second property in Oakland. And I bought it and they were vacant. I didn't know how to rent it out. I didn't know anything. I just kept it, paid them, paid the mortgage, didn't know what to do, didn't have any money to fix it up. Yeah. But luckily, in those times, and now the Bay Area is one of the most appreciating markets, you know, ever in America during the last 20, 30 years. And I was able to just get rid of them for a couple of grand and make some money without even fixing it up or doing anything. So, and, you, sold, so you sold the property then? Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah, oh, good. Just, just sold the property. I, I ended up buying a couple of uh, more properties. And, and this time... It was easy to get loans because they had those stated loans. This, this was before the crash. This was about 05. Okay. 05, 06. So I, I bought a few properties out of state because one thing that I learned in, in my belief is that you can't cash flow in California or, oh, or the okay. West Coast. That's yep. my belief. Not that yep. I'm sure if some people do it, but it's more for appreciation. Yeah. 
So I said, I'm going to buy in Texas. I bought some in Buffalo. I bought one in Buffalo. And these are sight unseen. I, I really didn't know what I was doing. It was easy yeah. to get the loans. And started uh, making a little bit of cash flow, like one or one or 200 bucks a month. But with taxes and if something went wrong, I had to fix something, then I would make no cash flow. So all my cash flow would be wiped out. And, and during the 08 boom, uh, crash, I'm sorry, <laughs> during the 08 crash, I pretty much lost everything, had to give back everything and just pretty much had to start over from scratch. So what I learned from there is leverage is good or bad, depending on. Also, does not ask, doesn't ask, what was the big lesson you learned during the 208, <laughs> 209, um, you know, refinancing of the world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just. It was a learning experience and I'm glad I did go through it, but it just made me more, just more aware of stuff. I, I'm more of an action taker and just buy properties, buy properties, everything will work out. But what didn't really know what I was doing at that time. So fast forward to today. Um, so, you know, that was your early days, first properties, um, made some mistakes, learned some lessons, suffered what the whole world suffered when the markets crashed. And so, you know, here you are today off still doing this. Um, tell us, uh, tell us where you're at today. When I had to reset, I moved to Missouri, St. Louis, Missouri, from California to St. Louis, Missouri. My wife, her family is from here. And I just took the leap. I said, I want, I want to be a good husband, good father. My, my family was out of the Bay Area already at that time. So I said, I'm going to make the leap. And plus, properties are cheap here. Yeah, there you go. So her dad, my father-in-law now, has some rental properties. And he basically, when we f- first came here, we bought a fourplex for $18,000. $18,000 a fourplex, but it, it, it needed a total rehab. Yeah. And, and we didn't know what we were doing. And we didn't know how we got the money, but we put about... 50,000 into it. We didn't have jobs at the time because we just moved here. Uh, got married soon after that. But after six months, somehow we got it up and running. Yeah. And today it rents out for $2,000 a month gross. Yeah. And it, it is D-class neighborhood, urban, inner city, St. Louis. Um, we have great tenants in there though. They're they're immigrant tenants. Immigrant tenants are really good. And I can go into more of that if, if, if you want, but our second property was right after we got married, my mom and dad gave me some money and we had some savings. And the, the week after we got married, we bought our second rental property. Oh, good for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I got a job helping people consolidate their student loans. My wife works financial as an financial advisor yep. um the, the home office she's not an advisor but she works for a big company um doing the back end and, and basically we lived under our means um saved up and 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 bought a couple more multifamilies, one or two a year and fast forward a lot of ups and downs <laughs> learning how to manage properties but my dream was to be a full-time real estate investor so get to a financial number and then quit my job. And then about three years ago, I was finally able to quit my job and become full-time. Oh, so good for you. That's, that's amazing. In a, yeah. That's in a nutshell. And yeah, now, now I'm just, 
happy to talk to you and give people tips and just just try to um, elevate my game and be the best landlord I can possible. Well, now you also said that um, when we're talking before we start recording, that you have a different focus on the type of real estate you buy and how you manage it. So do you want to just share with the audience a little bit uh, what that is? Mm -hmm. I do live in the Midwest and it's more affordable than most places. So what I usually do is buy, what I did start off with was multifamilies, Mm-hmm. but they're in D-class areas, so low-income areas, but I'm into all those for under 100000 Okay. So people are scared of that, and I was scared of that. I, I don't like conflict, I you know, but as you start going into these neighborhoods and taking care of your property and taking care of your tenants, you learn um, kind of the hard way, if you will, that people are people, and if, as long as you treat them re- with respect, you are able to... Um, they're going to take care of your property. A lot of people get scared that they're going to mess up the house. You know, if you kick them out, I've done evictions, all that stuff, but I treated people with respect. So I've never had that happen to me. But what we did is we would buy a few properties and then we would pay them off. So since they're only under a hundred thousand, we would pay them off one year. Then the next year, use a home equity line of credit buy the next property spend all year paying that off and then do it again. So So, what you're saying is every property you buy, the goal is to pay it off as quickly as possible. So you're not leveraged at all. Correct. Yes. And it's really hard for people to understand in in, in my, um, from the history that I've seen, people don't understand that, especially if you're in the West coast or in, in a very expensive market. But I say that if you do have leverage, and you do have a few mortgages, maybe after a few properties, two, three, five properties, consider um, paying one of those off or two of them off. So right. if you have two of them paid off and you know, you're know you at a 50% leverage, then I feel like that's fine. Yeah, you're right. I think it's a different approach. Lots of times people leverage, leverage, leverage. And then if there's a hiccup in the economy, so you know, 208, 209, well, the world melted down. Um, here we are in, in a situation of pandemic and lockdown. Guess what? Um, there's going to be more financial strife. So what a great position to be in to go, Hey, well, you know what? I don't have to worry about the bank. Like the bank is not an equi- not part of my success. They're not going to say, Hey, I'm calling your loan because no loan. Exactly. Exactly. And if you do have a loan, I do think that having a duplex or a fourplex helps. If one person is late or two people are vacant, you're still making a mortgage, right? You can still make your mortgage. If you have a single family, then you know, you're, you're eating it out of your pocket. Right. So what's your ultimate goal? So, you know, you know, let's move fast forward past today, you know, three to five years. What do you see? Uh, where do you see yourself? Uh, what do you see yourself doing? My wife wants to get to her freedom number. So I still continue to buy properties, even though it's harder now, everything's really expensive now. Yep. So I'm trying to double my uh, rental portfolio to get her out of the rat race. Um, I do want to share with people as well, since I manage everything myself, after I had about 20 units of multis, then I started going to a C-class neighborhood of single families in a, a whole different part of town. Okay. So kind of in the suburbs, but you know, lower in, low income, but they're houses. And now I buy those properties roughly about 40 or 50,000 all in and rent them out in um, lower income neighborhoods, but they're more C-class neighborhoods. And just because I manage them myself. So um, what we want to do is continue to buy properties 
And I do hopefully want to, you know, partner with someone and teach people how to do it. But as of right now, I'm just trying to be the best uh, property manager that I can. 20 properties. That sounds like a lot of properties to manage as well as, um, you know, looking for additional properties to, to buy. Luckily, my wife is very smart. So she, <laughs> she, she looks, she looks at a lot of the properties and then, you know, I'm more of the boots on the ground, go there, look at it, make sure I can get it up and running maintenance, get the tenants. But she does a lot of the financial forecasting and looking for properties. I just go out there and meet the realtor or, or the wholesaler. A lot of times with wholesalers, you don't have to meet them out there, but the two main ways I get properties are MLS and wholesale deals. Okay. That's cool. So what advice um, would you share with people that are, you know, um, that are interested in investment real estate? I mean, you've, you've obviously got lots of um, experience and you've developed, you know, some wisdom and you've got a great partner that can help you out. So what advice would you share with um, other people that are, uh, that are listening to us today? I do think that you should just make the leap, but to minimize your risk, do it at the lowest price point possible and possibly a multifamily at first. You're going to learn a lot. If you have one great tenant, that's great for a single family. But if you had a duplex or a fourplex and you're managing them, but you're at a low price point in the 100, 150, 200, you're cash flowing, you're learning, you're, you're doing all that stuff in one, you might even want to consider living in one unit and renting out the other unit or the other few units. And that, I think, minimizes a lot of risk. Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that, um, um, yeah, being on site is going to have a, an impact on the other tenants. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. But start off at the low price points. A lot of people that I've talked to, they, they want to be in a nice neighborhood where they would live in. So, you know, in, in my market, it will be like the 350, 400, 500. And it's in the, oh, but it's in the best neighborhood and the best, the best school districts, you know, but you're not, you don't make cash flow that way. So it's, so I want you to make cash flow from day one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that makes, it's interesting. I mean, I like your approach. I mean, because you're saying, you know, and regardless of where people are economically, uh, people need a place to live. Yeah. And, and low income is recession proof or recession, recession resilient. Okay. There's always a need. Yep. Like no matter the high end, people can downsize when, when the market hits a recession that it might in the next few years, you know, people are going to downsize, go back to lower income homes. They're going to rent more. They're going to, they're going to do all those things. And there's always a need for them. And also I, you know, I do section eight as well. Section eight that minimizes my risk by them always paying yep. the government pays for it. I have, I might have to do one extra inspection, but actually the tenants can be better. Oh, okay. Yeah. You wouldn't think so, but if you have an issue, like if if they're making a nuisance or they're late, you actually have the case working worker manager that you can actually complain to. Like, oh, they're not doing this, they're not doing that. They don't want to get their free stipend or help taken away. So right. they're more likely to get on top of it and fix everything. If it's a market tenant and they lose a job, good luck. There's nowhere, there's nowhere else to no one else to talk to. Um, if section eight loses their job, then section eight will adjust the rent and pay a hundred percent of their rent. Okay. So, so that's a, that's a way to, to minimize risk in the low income game. 
Well, you're right. I mean, you told me at the beginning that you have a different approach um, and you have a different approach, which is refreshing. It's, it's great to see that, you know, there's not, not everybody goes after the same marketplace and you've obviously learned a lot uh, during your time. So um, is there some place you'd want uh, listeners to connect with you and learn more about what you're doing? I have a podcast called the five minute landlord tips and stories for managing rental properties. So you can go to that Facebook group or just listen to wherever um, podcasts are available. Every show is under five minutes. So I just get straight to the point, but a lot of things happen um, in, in, in my, in my day to day. And I, I just love sharing these stories. Well, that's really cool. I just want to say, Hey, thanks so much. I appreciate you taking time today to share and share your experience. I mean, it's great to, to look at lots of times we see all these great ads of people um, talking about these massive properties and these deals they're doing. But at the end of the day, like you're saying, it's, it's all about cash flow um, and making a decision. So just uh, congrats on what you're doing. And I just want to say thanks for sharing with the audience. No problem, Doug. This is super fun. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, I enjoyed the conversation. Uh, Ben's obviously a really sharp guy. He's got a great partner there standing beside him and he's had lots of success. So we look forward to bringing you the next episode. Thanks, Doug. Thank, thank you, guys. I'm all about doing what I want to do and living life to the fullest. Every day, me and my team, we're on a mission to help you achieve all of your dreams. Thank you for listening to my first investment property podcast. If you're interested in sharing your story and you want to be a guest on my show, please visit my website, edwincarrion.com forward slash podcast forward slash apply. And if you like what you heard today, please follow me on my social media channels, Instagram and Facebook at edwincarrion78 or click on the link on my website. Also, please subscribe to our show on Apple, Google, Spotify, and you'll find our podcast there, whatever you listen to your podcast. Once again, I'm Edwin Carrion. Thank you for listening to my first investment property podcast. Until next time.